Hey, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps, and yesterday you indicted him. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence? On a misdemeanor. Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there, yet you've got the guy on video who's saying go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. I yield the balance of my time to Chairman Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it come You know it's going to be a good one when we start off with Thomas Massey, right? That's how it works. You lock in Massey and then you're in for some fire. Today's interview is with Dr. Shiva and he is running for president. I don't know what it is about Indian American men are the only presidential candidates that are willing to talk to me <laughs> so far. <clears throat> I should have on uh, Josh Smith and uh, Michael Rechtenwald here shortly too, and also uh, discussing a debate potentially between the two of them. So that should be interesting. Um, Dr. Shiva is no shrinking violet, and I think I got maybe 10 words in edgewise uh, throughout this interview. So because of that, I'm going to start this episode off with uh, covering some things that I've been wanting to and had not had an opportunity to. And let's start with the the Massey clip. So we have, once again, finally, Ray Epps is held to account, kind of, a misdemeanor. Most likely, he will see no jail time. <clears throat> and for the record, I don't really care if he sees jail time. I think that whole day, uh, you know, there was some some violence, and I think that those people probably should uh, see some jail time. But if you weren't violent, I'm not really interested in seeing you behind bars. Uh, however, I think Massey hits the nail on the head. The American people aren't buying it. I yield back the remainder of my time. Uh, we're not. We're not buying it. And I think anybody that has viewed this in even a somewhat nonpartisan fashion has to realize that there is something amiss with this dynamic where you have some people that are seeing decades in prison, some that weren't even present on the day of, they see decades in prison. And then you have a guy who's saying repeatedly, go into the Capitol for two days. He does it in the night prior and he does it the day of, he's also at the gate that is like the first entry point and he's whispering in people's ears. It just doesn't add up folks. It doesn't add up. And far be it for me to come to a firm conclusion as to whether or not that guy was working with the FBI or working with DHS or whoever to catalyze that invasion, that incursion into our sacred temple of democracy. Uh, I don't know. And we may never know, but, it doesn't add up. And I think that's kind of all you need to know is that if some people are seeing decades and decades because they refuse to, to cooperate with the investigation, and then you have other people who appear to have been as vocal as anybody else in actually making that event happen, and they get a misdemeanor charge only after years of being defended in the media, New York Times writing pieces, Washington Post, all these, all these, you know, what you would imagine would view anybody that was even there on that day as reprehensible human beings. 
Well, there's just one. There's just one that receives any semblance of a defense from the media, and that's Ray Epps. And now, the day before Garland has the hearing, they finally bring a misdemeanor charge against this guy. I sniff a rat. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I'm not going to pretend to, but come on. Come on, man. It just there's just no way you can view that and go, "Oh, yeah, this makes sense." Two decades misdemeanor. The guy wasn't there. This guy was telling people to go inside for two days uh, straight. Hello? All right. Anyways, uh, I wanted to move on to Zelensky, who was, uh, I think he was in New York, actually. Uh, yeah, he was in New York for the United Nations meeting. And he said some things that I found to be uh, perplexing, but also worth covering. So I'm going to do that before we get into the interview with Dr. Sheba. Even though humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives, this means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life and some evil state will also weaponize its outcomes. And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protest, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters, and when islands and countries disappear underwater, and when tornadoes and deserts are spreading into, into new territories, and when all of this is happening, one, a natural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. We have to stop it. What? We must act united to defeat the aggressor and focus all our capabilities and energy on addressing these challenges. As nukes are restrained, likewise the aggressor must be restrained and all his tools and methods of war. Each war now can become final, but it takes our unity to make sure that aggression will not break in again. And it is not a dialogue between the so-called great powers somewhere behind the closed doors that can guarantee us all the new wars era, but open war of all nations for peace. <laughs> the open war of all nations for peace. I'm going to hope that was a translation uh, issue because I don't have an un I don't have a clue what that means. But the thing I wanted to talk about, which is totally perplexing to me, is that, okay, imagine for a second that you're the leader of a nation that has been invaded by a modern-day Hitler, like Vladimir Putin. You're going to, tra number one, you're able to travel. You're being invaded, and you're able to travel all the way to New York City, and then you're going to have a meeting in front of the United Nations, and you're given an opportunity to speak. And, and anthropogenic climate change is part of the dialogue that you want to be having. You've lost, by most estimates, over six figures of primarily young men in your nation. You've had millions of people flee. 
You've got hundreds of thousands of injured. Why the fuck are you talking about climate change at all, dude? Anybody else find that completely bizarre? Like, you have an existential threat on your doorstep by what I've been told, right? That this is existential, that it's, it's worth risking nuclear war. And the conversation, the framing by which you deliver your plea for help to the United Nations is we have to beat Putin so that we can focus all of our resources on climate change. What the fuck are you talking about, Vlad? What does that mean? I am so confused. And so the, after seeing that clip, it got me thinking, right? And I'm like, okay, this guy is just reading a script. Like clearly, there's no there's no rational human being who's you know he wears fucking green military fatigues constantly. He's like he's the commander in chief of this Slava Ukraina army, right? And he gets up there and he starts talking about climate change, and I'm like, this guy is a fucking actor. And I, I granted, yes, he was an actor and he was a comedian. But so the, it gets me thinking through like my my memory reel of all these bizarre clips I've seen. And I start thinking to myself like, okay, you've got Ben Stiller coming over and handing him awards, right? Like, I think he gave him like his Academy Award was like, you get this now, man. It's like, you're, you're the best actor. You have Sean Penn over there. You have actor after actor, politician after politician, and not just American. We're talking French, European, like all British, all of them. They're all traveling over into a hot war, mind you, with a nuclear power. They're all traveling over just to meet with their guy. And what does it get me to think? They see in him themselves. They see in him a performer, and they're, they are awestruck by the masterful nature of his delivery. Now, I, and I would imagine you, dear listener, are not awestruck by Vlad's delivery there. Because it strikes me as absolute abject insanity to be talking about climate change as your nation is being invaded and hundreds of thousands of your people are dying. It is nuts. Unless you're an actor reading a script, delivering it for the people that really run the world, which is the United Nations, the technocrats that believe that their, their entire control structure, the new variant of it will be predicated on climate change. I think we will have wars, if not world wars, in the name of climate change in the not too distant future. And the fact that he is framing this particular moment in that fashion only reinforces my belief that that is where they're headed. And it's very concerning. You had Lujan, the governor of New Mexico, who used a national emergency declaration uh, or, you know, a health crisis using the same framing that happened during COVID and the lockdown era to justify all sorts of unconstitutional mandates. She's now using that same mechanism to go after gun rights, open and concealed carry. She tried to make it illegal because there's too many homicides in her city as if criminals ever give a shit about your laws. 
They're already committing murder, Miss Lujan. Why would they possibly care about your law saying you can't conceal or open carry? As if criminals are, you know, want to open carry very often. It's nuts. All right. But anyways, point being, same framework. COVID framework used to circumvent the Constitution. Now, the same emergency framework from the COVID era is trans transposed onto the gun crisis, right? Crisis in their framing, not mine. And now you have Vlad up there who's being invaded and he's talking about how we have to defeat Putin so we can focus all of our energy on climate change. If you think that they're not going to use those same powers to lock you down, make air travel either so cost prohibitive that only the wealthiest of the wealthy can do it or just ban it outright. I mean, these people have really psychotic plans when it comes to addressing climate change. And what's really concerning about that is not that they have these ideas and these plans, but they have successfully indoctrinated the children of our communities by and large into believing their lies. And I will say just flat out their lies. And I'll say, why? You can't expect a global government to solve anything, primarily because the government at the local level all the way up gets less and less efficient and more and more criminal and more and more thievery or theft. So to believe that turning over all of your rights to some sort of global sovereign is going to address climate change is delusion on a scale that matches Vladimir uh, Zelensky going up there and talking about climate change while his nation is being invaded. It is nuts. It's crazy. It's lunacy. Even if you believe in anthropogenic climate change, to believe that a global government framework is going to fix it is on the scale of believing in a sun god Ra. You're a fucking nutcase. You're a crazy person. And for the record, I think that believing that the sun is God, like the sun, the sun out there, is actually more rational than thinking that a global government is going to fix climate change. Yeah. The Egyptians were on to something compared to the climate change zealots. That's my take. And uh, I would encourage people to be very, very cautious about putting your children into public school given that this indoctrination is coming almost entirely from there and academia and the media and Hollywood too. But, you know, if they're homeschooled, I think that you can actually get to them before the indoctrination sets in so deeply that they become the people that are gluing their goddamn hands to the pavement in front of vehicles, which is a global phenomenon, primarily European and American, but it is happening more and more often. And these kids are not getting the message that this is not going to happen. We're not going to go along with your climate change zealotry. We're not going to go along with your abolish capitalism to make the weather change zealotry lunacy. We're not doing any of that. It's stupid. It's crazy. You're nuts. You've lost your minds and I'm not going to do it with you. Okay. Cause I actually care about my freedom and I care about my economy and my guns and we ain't doing it. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page. Before I bring in Dr. Shiva, I wanted to cover one more thing. Viva Fry tweeted this out this morning, and it just blew my mind. Uh, as many people know, uh, Russell Brand has been alleged 
with multiple, multiple cases of assault against women in his life, but over a decade ago, it seems like the primary uh, period was 2005 to 2009, 10, somewhere thereabouts. Uh, most of the allegations are from anonymous sources. So these people aren't even putting their name to it. Uh, but channel four in the UK has put together a, a in-depth multi-year report allegedly, uh, where they get all of these people on the record, but not on the record since you don't know who, who most of them are. I think one of them may be, uh, may actually be public, but the rest are anonymous. It is, it is concerning to put it mildly that he has now been, uh, demonetized by YouTube and, and he's been, uh, his agency dropped him. The list goes on and on. I talked about this with Luke over on, uh, we are change. If you guys want to check that out, it was a good episode. Actually, I got hypnotized. It was insane. Uh, but the, uh, Viva Fry says, oh, sorry. Let me pull it up for you. He says the British government is now asking TikTok if rusty rockets is able to monetize his content on that platform. He says, this was never about Russell Brand. This was a political pretext. So governments across the world can coordinate with social media companies to acquire total control over dissenting voices on the internet. And he says, culture, media, and sport committee, which is weird that they even have that. Dr. Theo Bertram, and he is writing a letter to TikTok. And he says, this is September 19th. So just yesterday. It says, dear Theo. I'm writing concerning the serious allegations regarding Russell Brand in the context as a user of TikTok with more than 2.2 million followers on the platform. So Russell Brand has 2.2 million followers. He's been alleged, no criminal charges, mind you, no opportunity to present evidence to his exoneration or thereabouts. Continuing, the, the culture, media, and sport is raising questions with the broadcasters who previously employed Mr. Brand or production companies who employed him to examine both the culture of the industry in the past and whether that culture still prevails today. Although Mr. Brand no longer appears on television, he, has, he now has a follower base on social media, including on TikTok, where this weekend he republished his preemptive response to the accusations made against him by the Sunday Times and Channel 4's dispatches. While we recognize that TikTok is not the creator of the content published by Mr. Brand, and his content may be within the community guidelines set out by the platform, we are concerned that he may be able to profit from his content on the platform. With a typo. We would be grateful if you could confirm whether Mr. Brand is able to monetize his TikTok posts. So number one, allegations anonymous. He is not allowed, or they're at least trying to make sure that he doesn't make any money in the process of his defense of, I mean, it sounds to me as if they would rather he not be able to give any sort of counter to anonymous allegations like there's no court of law here folks he hasn't he hasn't been indicted he's not in court he doesn't have a lawyer all he has is the court of public opinion right now and they want to make sure that he is demonetized anywhere that he tries to voice himself pretty wild right continuing including his videos relating to the serious accusations against him and what the platform is doing to ensure that creators are not able to use the platform to undermine the welfare of victims of inappropriate and potentially illegal behavior. So potentially illegal. Yours sincerely. Dame Caroline Dinanage, DBEMP, Chair, Culture, Media, and Sport Committee. So this is the government of England, I think, the UK, challenging private, right? Allegedly private companies to demonetize. So 
what we saw during the COVID era, that it was just pressure, coercive pressure, quite clearly, and unconstitutional pressure in America, no unconstitutionality in the UK, obviously, but they tried to get people deplatformed entirely. And they've been slapped down by the courts quite a bit for that, which is great. Now, this new variant, <laughs> which after the COVID era is humorous, uh, is that they're going to try and demonetize, make it so that anybody that has any allegations against themselves is demonetized. YouTube came down with this decision just yesterday to demonetize uh, Russell Brand's channel. Did he do anything? We don't know, right? We don't know. That's a fact. We don't know. And he certainly hasn't been convicted, much less charged with a crime. And they have already preemptively taken his ability away to, uh, to make a living by putting out content there, which by the way, he was very successful in doing with over 6 million subscribers on YouTube. Keeping in mind, there are a litany of people that have been convicted and put in prison that have YouTube channels that are monetized. Where's the, where's the rationale here? Well, I think that it's quite clear to see that there isn't a rationale that has any semblance of logic to it, except for when you reframe it and you say, why the fuck is the government reaching out to TikTok and saying, hey, demonetize this guy? Why would they be doing that? Could it be that Russell Brand speaks out against their interests in propagandizing you, people, normal people? Yeah, I think that's probably it. I don't think they have much actual interest in whether or not Russell Brand makes money off of his social media. They're trying to get him to shut up, right? They're trying to get him to shut up. And that should send a chill down everyone's spine that without any charges, without any ability to defend yourself, they want you demonetized and ultimately unpersoned because you know damn well they would like to see him gone from all these platforms. The demonetization is just to take away the incentive. Also, it takes away his, you know, his uh, war chest to defend himself if he starts to not make any money from his enormous audiences. And I think that it's highly probable that this same pressure, these same mechanisms for control will come after Rumble in the not too distant future. And God willing, they are independent enough that they can actually weather that storm. So far they have, we'll see if they can in the future. We need them to, badly. Oh man, so disturbing. But yeah, I think I think that's what it is. And And once again, don't know if Russell Brand's guilty or not. I don't. But I will say, it is odd that these charges, that there's no charges, that these, all of these events happened over a decade ago. And you don't have anyone coming forward. Channel 4, keep in mind, Channel 4, his employer, came out two days ago and said, we had no reports of any abuse from any of his coworkers, which allegedly all of this was happening at, at work, or the vast majority of it was happening at work. No complaints. So there was no, there was no police filings or complaints to the boss. Like if you're being sexually harassed, much less taking it to the level of assault, would you not go to your employer? I guess not. I guess many, many women all made the same exact calculation that it would jeopardize their jobs, I guess, is the logic. Or there's the chance that there's a lot of opportunism that's going into this. 
to to try and defang and undermine and ultimately unperson one of the most important voices that has over the past two years really given the powers that be hell. I don't know. I'll let you guys decide. I'm not sure. I lean towards the latter, but I'm not sure. So what a nightmare. Goodness gracious. Anyways, let's bring on Dr. Shiva. Hit the like button. Hit the subscription button. Leave a comment and, uh, and share it around. Appreciate you guys. See you soon. Today's episode of Liberty Lockdown with Dr. Shiva is brought to you by NadeauShaveCo.com. After years of following the standard Navy protocol, Mr. Nadeau finally found a shaving technique that successfully limited the occurrence of razor burn, ingrown hairs, folliculitis. Traditional double-edged safety razors were the way. Big Shave has been psyoping the American people for decades. Plastic cartridge razors are a scam. They jack your face up and cost too much. You don't need expensive replacement cartridges. You only need one stainless steel blade. Take down Big Shave and shave plastic-free. Veteran-owned, family-operated, NadeauShaveCo.com. That's N-A-D-E-A-U, ShaveCo.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for a special discount for my audience only. Again, that is N-A-D-E-A-U, shaveco.com promo code lockdown let's get into the show welcome everybody to another episode of liberty lockdown this is clint russell i am joined today by phd mit savage this man is a savage i love it uh and presidential candidate on top of all of this dr shiva welcome aboard good to be here clint how are you i'm good i'm good i I, uh, you are, you are quite the firebrand and I love it. I love people that actually tell the truth <laughs> and, and are unafraid. Uh, it's very rare these days and increasingly rare. Uh, I think we can, maybe we'll talk about the Russell brand issue a little bit later, but I wanted to start by asking you, um, you know, what, what is your angle that makes you, or what, what makes you a better candidate for the American people than Donald Trump? Because I think a lot of people view him and his persecution and they go, that's got to be our guy. Whether we agree with what he did in 2020 or not, that's got to be our guy. Why, why is that not the case? Well, look, uh, we have to take a big step back and really ask ourselves, you know, what is a qualification of someone who's president? What is a presidency, right? Um, and I think one area, uh, one signal of that or one area that helps us, um, informs us of that is if you go back, look at the founders of this country. All right, so let's go look at the founders of this country and look, look, look at the founding of America. Uh, it was founded on a vision, right? The concept of inalienable rights, right? The concept of decentralization, the concept of very minimal government, right? So that was his vision. And then around that vision, the second part of it was, um, and I don't think people give any real uh, credit for this or the incredible amount of credit is that the individuals involved who were leading that movement at the time were extraordinary people, very, very well, uh, not only educated, but they actually had skills, um, you know, tremendous skills. There were many of them were polymaths. Uh, you look at Jefferson, he could build a house. He was an architect. He studied chemistry, philosophy, right? Yeah, um, true, true geniuses on many levels. Yeah, and they were, they, were, they were a product of their times. They were coming out of a, a period in Europe um, where there was new findings in physical chemistry, new findings in physics, and all, all sorts of wild things were going on. Um, Washington was not just some businessman, which was frankly not such an interesting thing, you know, learning how to make money. It was 
But these guys were surveyors. They knew geography. You know, um, they knew uh, strategy. They were actual generals, right? I mean, the skills they actually had were quite incredible, not skills of just banging women um, and uh, paying off prostitutes, right? <laughs> um, or banging women and then getting them coming after you, or banging women and writing uh, diaries about it. And then when your wife hangs herself, um, mourning over her death around a casket and after a casket's buried, uh, exhuming it and moving it to an unmarked grave. You're talking about Booby Kennedy there, okay? These people were <laughs> actually men of skill, uh, had very thoughtful, they reflected on life, right? Completely fucking different than any of these morons. <laughs> and so you ask what the difference is. You look at me and my skill set, uh, engineering, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, design. I could architect something. I have a degree in architecture. Uh, I do stuff. I build companies. I solve problems. Um, in 2020, I can go from talking about the immune system to helping millions of people's lives, uh, then getting on the ground, exposing Fauci, another moment doing election systems integrity analysis, writing almost three major PhD equivalent documents, uh, exposing these people. That's called a polymath. That's called an American leader. Fucking Trump doesn't know jack shit. The fact that he's even there is because of the fact he comes from the swarm. He was anointed by the swarm. If elections are selections, which I know, Trump was selected, just like Obama was selected. He was selected to manipulate the American white working class back into the arms of the swarm. And right now they're in a major disruption because of a guy like me running and our movement for truth, freedom, health, which they don't know what to do. Typically they have the obvious establishment and then they find some fool like a Bernie Sanders or a Jesse Jackson or Trump to just say what people want to hear and they manipulate people into one wing of the establishment. Well, now we're exposing all these people from an angle of not rhetoric, but from an angle of very fundamental issues. What do any of these people know about the average individual's life in the United States? You living in Mar-a-Lago, you have, you know, golden plated toilet seats, you have trust funds like Booby Kennedy, you come from a family of mob mobsters, right? And I can go down the list if you want me to expose all these fools, or you've been a misogynist all your life, and then you decided and you're a failed comedian, right? Or you come from a lineage of intelligence people like fucker Carlson, or you come <laughs> from apartheid South Africa, like Elon Musk, who's never frankly created anything. These are the people, and there's not a lot of people here. Some people say, well, you're critiquing everyone. I'm talking about about 10 people here. Right. And they should be eviscerated because the reality is that America deserves someone like me who actually came bottoms up, who actually has lived and fought against injustice my entire life, mm -hmm. comes from everyday working people, has lived a life of fighting for freedom and putting my life on the line. And we can go through my credentials beyond all the academic credentials I have and the achievements I have, but the actual credentials of being someone who actually fights, right, right. wins, and is relentless against exposing these fools. None of these people should even be running for president. They don't even, none of them. They're, they're absolutely, every single one of them is wholly unqualified. The only reason they get visibility on mainstream media is because they're anointed. They're yeah. anointed. No, I think that, I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's, that's a lot. Of, I'm getting 
Echo, do you have headphones by chance? No, but I can reduce my thing here. Is that better? Yeah, yeah. if you just turn it down slightly. Um, it? Uh, sounds good right now, so yep. hopefully we're all right. I, uh, I, I think, you know, because what, what doesn't jive with the anointed label with Trump is like, yes, he, he went along with uh, the entire lockdown system. He, he advocated on behalf of it uh, much of the time. Even though you know now when he talks about it, he acts as if he didn't. He kind of, he's kind of trying to play it both ways. He wants to take credit for uh, Operation Warp Speed and, and and say that he he just let the governors do whatever they want. You know, it's it's all like it's all just a dance as far as I'm concerned. But what what doesn't add up to me is that if he is controlled opposition, if he is uh, you know playing into their hands, why why turn around and prosecute this guy? Why does it appear as if they fear him as much as they do? Um, do you have any? any input or any ideas to, you know, well, is, is he to, one of them truly? Well, well, okay. So the fact that you're asking that question, Clint, um, is a question that's coming from a lack of understanding of some scientific engineering principles, okay? So we need to go back to those principles because it's unequivocal to me that he's part of the swarm, okay? And, but once you understand these principles, it becomes easier, but without the principles, there's always this doubt. So we have to step back and understand um, the system of manipulation here. Okay. All right. So let's let's go back to that. First of all, you have to look at, if you want to look at an individual, you can't just look at their point in life at a certain, it's like, imagine you're watching a movie for two and a half hours, a two and a half hour movie, and you only come in at the last two minutes of the movie. Mm. And you're seeing the character of a movie. And you're trying to say, wow, that character's so nice. But you forgot all the shit he did before that and the shit he's gonna do after that, okay? Right? Um, it would be like watching The Devil's Advocate and seeing Al Pacino being all friendly to you know, Keanu Reeves, Keanu. giving yeah. him a job, but you're forgetting he's actually the devil. Right. And if you saw that, right? So we need to take these individuals and actually step back and look at the arc of who they are. And you have to do a whole assessment of that. And that assessment will lead you to the fact they come from them. You know, I did a video called The Swarm, right? Who is a swarm, which uh, in spite of all the shadow banning, but we have to look at these people and recognize, A, they are not one of us. When I mean one of us, the 8 billion of us, at least people get up, work for a job, you know, have to, you know, uh, grow their business in some way, etc. These people aren't that. They were all given things top down. They have a birth lottery most of them, okay? They were born into the right family, the right circumstances. They never really, and if they were given all those things, you'll find out many of them burned through a lot of what they were given, okay? They didn't really take advantage of what they were given. And then you have to go beyond the hype. And the other thing is we need to recognize that we need to see these people's actions and what they said and what they did at moments of crisis. What did they actually do when the shit was hitting the fan? It's very important. Not after the fact. Yeah. And then you have to compare them to other people. What did they do? Like myself. Right. And then. That's really all that matters is what, what do you do in a crisis? You know, what particularly you for the president. It's a litmus test. It's, it's in a relationship, right? It's yeah. in a personal relationship, an organizational construct, every one of these. Well, uh, playing off the same, uh, you know, line of questioning, I'm curious, is, is Vivek also in that? He's a vein? fucking douchebag. He's worse than. <laughs> I did a whole thing called Vivek the Snake. He's a complete fucking douchebag. Anyone who has any sense of integrity looks at how he talks and the way he wheedles around shit 
there's a very good writer at Forbes who did a great thing how he has learned how to just take something, manipulate it, and then move into some other manipulation. He hops from one manipulation to another. And I just look at him and I've hired thousands of people in my lifetime. I would never hire this guy ever. He's a fucking bullshitter, complete snake. Now, it's a, it, oh, go ahead. So um, the fact that the only reason he's even being considered is because of the fact that overnight, fucker Carlson of mainstream media gives him attention. Look, if you wanna get a book into the bookstores, you need a major agent and you need to be connected. All of everyone listening need to understand that all of these people are highly connected. They all go to the same, you know, equestrian clubs with their kids. They all go to the same tennis clubs. They all go to the same restaurants. They're one degree of freedom away from each other. Mm -hmm. And I really think people don't understand. Now I know that because I used to live in Hollywood in Malibu. Okay. I know all these people. I grew up in the, you know, circumstance of MIT. Okay. So all of the, and I walked away from all that because I hate these scumbags. Their existence comes from their network. Jared mm -hmm. Kushner and Vivek and Trump and Elon Musk, all these people know the same people. Right. And I really think you need to understand this. And they will not allow you into their circles. It is very high level of hurdle of income, of connections you need to have before they'll allow you into their circles. So, so why has Vivek been allowed in? Because it does seem to a large extent that he has. Because he is them. We now have a multiracial global swarm, a neo-caste system. Look, he's called the Brahmin caste, okay? I came from below. His parents would spit on people like me in India, literally. They would call me the equivalent of the N-word, okay? His caste. And people need to understand we live in a caste system now. Just look at this douchebag. Can you tell me what he's created? Can you tell me one thing he's done? Well, uh, I mean, I've had him. I've had Vivek on the show. I, I will. I will grant you that he is um, one of the most gifted salesmen I've I've encountered. No, but anyone who I can see through him like a douchebag. Well, a lot, a lot of people feel that way, and I and I even ended my interview with him saying, you know, I'm. It's very challenging to to suss out you know, what his true beliefs are because he is so, he's so gifted at like angling it to the audience that he's in. No, no, you guys don't know how to ask him real fucking questions. You need <laughs> to ask him the following. And My buddy Anomaly him. certainly did. Yeah, but Anomaly learned all that stuff from us, okay? All right. Um, but Anomaly sort of pussied out on certain things, okay? Here's a bottom line with Vivek. How did he make money? Go look at how someone makes money and you will understand the character of that person. Sure. How did he make money? Well, according to his story, I, I don't know. I haven't dug deep to know for sure, but uh, he's he has, I think, five or six FDA approved drugs under his uh, yeah his corporate. I mean, that's is what that he says. True? Is that true? I don't know. Well, let's talk about how, how the motherfucker bullshitted everyone. He goes from Harvard. By the way, he goes. He told people he came from nothing. No, I came from nothing. That guy came from two Brahmin parents. Does that, do you know what Brahminism is, Clint? I know I know it's a kind of yeah. class system within India. Oh, it's a caste system. It's worse than a class system, okay? Mm -hmm. um, it is beyond racism, okay? That's where he comes from. Now, he bullshits people, says, oh, he grew up with nothing. No, he went to a fucking prep school, costing tens of thousands of dollars, number one. Then he goes to Harvard. 
okay? When he graduates Harvard, he goes to hang out with these hedge fund guys. If you know hedge fund guys are and you come out of Harvard, you're basically joining a club of people actually don't do much except move capital around. And the reason they get to make money is they all do insider trading, right? So that is very different than where I grew up in New Jersey. Someone who's a landscaper, a plumber, who gets up and works for a living. And they actually produce something of value. These guys are sort of insiders. Right. So are, are you denying that he that he has six FDA approved drugs? Is that I'm going to say, say go check it out. OK, well, I, I go check it out. I, I haven't. I, you know, the there is a lot of fact checks. Right? The FDA, I have gotten it. FDA doesn't improve drugs. If you ever say you have FDA approved drugs, the FDA will slap you upside the head. The FDA gives allowance hmm. for a drug to go to clinical trials. Mm -hmm. OK. They do allowances. Okay? okay, so it's very important to understand this. Now, let's look at the level of bullshit of this guy. And, and everyone listening should probably mark the time code on this until the end. You can go verify all of it. Number one, there's a company called, he creates a company called Axovant. Right. Okay, what did Axavant do, Clint? They they went uh, right, he went and got five million bucks from his fraternity of other fools who don't do much. And then he takes that five million bucks and he goes to a company called GlaxoSmithKline. Remember, this guy hasn't done it. He hasn't been in the lab, he hasn't done the research. It's a scam. So what he does is he takes that five million, goes to GlaxoSmithKline. How does he get to GlaxoSmithKline? That part I don't know. Exactly. You're, you have to be part of the click. I mean, mm -hmm. we do cold calls to companies. We don't know people. We have to actually do the work. Well, you pick up a phone because you were in that circle. So right, right. there, you go try to get into GlaxoSmithKline's president. No one on this call can do that. No one on this call can get through to Albert Borla at Pfizer. So how do you get into those circles? That means you're already part of them. You've been vetted and you're allowed into those circles. All right. Is that, is that his Harvard lineage or is it beyond that? It's the lineage of people who hang around with scumbags because they've never worked a day in their life. Their entire life has been to learn how to hang around with those circle of people, Clint. They go to the right prep school. It starts at the age of 12 to 15 to 17. Their mama and papa send them to the right prep schools. Then after the prep schools, they get all the consulting to apply to Harvard. They get people to write their essays. You see, it's a whole club and you're not part of it. Sure. I actually got 800s on my SATs. My parents can afford consultants. I actually filled out my own application. These people have consultants, $30,000 consultants. So there's a very interesting Harvard uh, adjunct professor said, dumb people are getting into Ivy League institutions and smart people can't even get an education anymore. Hmm. So dumb motherfuckers are going to the institutions and it's changed a lot in the 20 years, really. So oh, how I do you get into Harvard? Someone should go do research on that. Yeah. Okay. Actually do the research. He was well, on, I, a, he was, I on know, I know he was valedictorian of his high school. So he, you know, he's, he's no dummy, but uh, you know, that well, doesn't mean that he were in the high school and how much What's I, that? I go, go ask, we should actually go do more research. How did he get his grades? Did he actually get them or did he ask like his way to doing them?
because people give trophies to everyone these days. Actually, you have to do the research. The point yeah. is, it's a club, okay? So you go to Harvard, you create your friendships, then you make a few phone calls and you can get through to GlaxoSmithKline. So 5 million bucks he raises. You go try to raise 5 million today, Clint. See how much effort it is. You have to write this and that, and you have to, anyone here on the call, go try to raise 5 million bucks. Well, I, I was a money manager, so it would be different. I could I could probably get it done, but it is extraordinarily challenging. Um, and well, yeah. for, an, uh, for an entrepreneurial company with no assets, nothing, you have oh, to do it on the strength of relationships. Yeah, it's pure and networking. That's it. So yeah. this cannot be underestimated. That you make one phone call. Oh yeah, yeah, man, I did. I remember you. Yeah, yeah. No, no big deal. You know, you're good for it. And right. the five million he gets is. Maybe five guys put in a million bucks and we should go do research on that. And that million is part of a billion dollar portfolio, which is nothing for them. Okay. Sure. Anyway, you go raise 5 million and you know, Alzheimer's drugs, 99% of them fail. You know, all this, and you know, if you just say, oh, I think I have something for Alzheimer's, everyone is going to invest in it. It's the biggest scam you can do. Okay. So he goes to GlaxoSmithKline. Do you know the story, Clint? I do. Yeah. He, he acquires, he acquires a drug that had failed, uh, multiple times, Four times. For, for, for whatever reason, he believes that, that there's, there's viability that has been missed. He decides to acquire it for that 5 million acquisition price. And then the drug fails. No, uh, no, 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 no. Go back. You missed a big step there. So yes, he goes okay. to GlaxoSmithKline. Look, I've gone through clinical trials. Okay. Phase two clinical trials had failed once on Alzheimer's and dementia, then Park. They tried everything on all mm -hmm. these different brains. It failed, 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 failed four times. Mm -hmm. So you know it's failed. And you know, wow, I can scam people. So you go buy that drug and you change the name. And what do you do? You go get your mother. Did you know this? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I learned it after my interview with him because of anomalies research. Well, no, Anomaly took it from us, okay? Okay, well, then, then from yeah. your research. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he took the drug, okay? His mother does the analysis of right. one of those four clinical trials. What is the analysis? They're not even running a clinical trial. They're doing the analysis of the data of the failed drug data. And what they do is they throw out the data, which included people who didn't complete that clinical trial. It's called a completer analysis, okay? So you threw out data and then you analyze that data. And now in order to get credibility in science, the, the highest form of credibility is you publish in a peer reviewed journal. The other is you, you, publish, you give a platform presentation. The lowest form is you do a poster session, which is what undergraduates do. Hmm. There's like a big conference, you know, kids have a little poster with some nice drawings. And he said, I did this experiment, had these results. Well, that completer analysis data, which is highly, highly suspect, was presented as a poster session. Okay. Now, to me, it's laughable as a scientist who actually has published in the leading journals. Like, yeah, you that's good for undergraduate students who are just getting their feet wet. Okay. Publishes it, and then they take that data and then they use that analysis to tout the drug. Right. And to beef up an IPO, knowing it's a useless drug, knowing this. 
And then they do the clinical trial, I think about a year later, after they'd hyped it, and the stock crashes because it fails. You knew it was going to fail. And it fails by 99%. Uh, I'll grant you, it does not look good. Uh, I think that the only the only reason I haven't come to a firm conclusion is because I it's outside of my area of expertise. Wait, well, it's I, my I, area I, of expertise. No, I'm, I know. And that's why, that's that's why I appreciate your opinion. There. I've gone through the FDA allowance process. You know, we just got a patent. In fact, I'll show it to you. Just came in the mail, okay? This is an actual patent for real combination therapy. We just did that, and we spent 10 years doing this. Actually did the fucking research, man. Right. For, for combination therapy that really resolves osteoarthritis, okay? Now that took actual me working. We didn't scam everyone. I didn't take $1 of investor revenue. Think mm. about that. That's called real innovation. What he did is not innovation. It's called financial bullshitting, engineering. And you really so need to understand. Basically, a biomedical pump and dump is essentially what you're. Yeah, it's called in, it's called bullshitting. You compare that quality of a human being to a Benjamin Franklin, right? A Thomas Jefferson, someone like me who actually gets in the lab, actually does things, mm -hmm. actually makes real stuff. This is a fucking scam artist. He's a fucking snake. Let me give you another example. Now it's. For me, it's fascinating as a brown-skinned Indian guy, you know, about a half a billion people came to know about us during 2020, and they knew we were going to run independent. They had to go find a, a brown-skinned Brahmin, big pharma brown noser. This is, a, in my view, and all the people in my circles, they see this as a fucking psyop, Clint. They had to go get someone else to, and there are people who think I'm him. Mm. Okay? They all look alike, right? But the point so you, th is that, you think they replace they're replacing oh yeah, definitely. him with or you with yep. him. Yep. And many people have said this. Interesting. And he literally has stolen rhetoric from us. First of all, this guy's not anti-establishment. He is the establishment. Through and through. I've have you ever where was he at the lockdowns? We were we were running massive protests against the lockdowns. He was promoting lockdowns. Yep. When the lockdowns were taking place, we created the mask and you know the mass and oral health protocol and we taught 3000 people how to challenge the mass mandates at the school level i did the science help people write lawsuits etc he was promoting masks so yeah. this guy is part of the establishment i've been on the ground handing out thousands of flyers this guy is not an activist he's a scumbag let's take another example he graduates from harvard works in a hedge fund, has made about a million bucks. Files for a Soros Fellowship, an affirmative right. action fellowship, which is really meant for poor people who come, you know, from the inner cities bottoms up. This guy sure. didn't come from poor people. He came from Brahmin parents who are top down. Takes, a, had 750,000, a million bucks. And now he says he's against affirmative action. I mean, this is, I mean, this is like criminal in my view. I've never at least, at least hypocritical. It's criminal because affirmative action was created for friends of mine who went to MIT, came from the inner cities mm. where fucking shots were flying around, you know? So the affirmative action was a reform that came out of the civil rights movement because, you know, there was a distance between the minority and the equivalent, you know, rich white candidate, right? Now it wasn't the right solution. Right. right, but it was a reform. You know, when yeah, I came and he, to MIT, and he took advantage of it. Yeah, when I came to MIT in 1980, 
1968, let me give you an example. Uh, Shirley Jackson was a professor who was a graduate student at MIT, was the only two black students at MIT in 1968. Wow. And she threw down her thesis in front of all these old white professors. And she said, it's a disgrace. I'm only one of two black students graduating MIT. She's getting her PhD. She's now the president of Rensselaer. The next year, they let in some students. Those students came all from the inner cities. And they said, to, and, and, uh, they said you know, we're never going to be successful. You let us in so we could fail. And those students took over the MIT faculty club and they demanded MIT set up programs so they could actually compete with the students who came from the wealthy schools. Mm -hmm. This is what affirmative action was designed for, not for a scumbag Brahmin fucking brown noser and for him to take advantage of it. And then later on, say he doesn't support affirmative action when he got an affirmative action scholarship. Yeah, well, he, I think he has been he has been uh, caught up on, you know, telling that tale in different different ways a couple of times so he should be slapped I, upside the head man <laughs> if he fucking came to if he come to, came to newark new jersey we would treat him very fucking differently and he would learn to shut the fuck up very fast this guy's a douchebag i'm sorry to laugh but... the reason i'm saying this because i fucking worked hard all my life yeah you know, no i get it and, and and every working class person i have this guy is claiming he's a fucking American. No, he's not an American. If anything, he hates this country. He hates the American people because he thinks he's so much smarter and can bullshit people. That's a hatred for people, man. Well, if, if it, it I'll, I'll grant you this. If, it, if I can actually, uh, and I will, and I will do additional deep dive on this. If I can actually prove that they, they knew that that, uh, that Parkinson's drug was, was had no additional utility. Cause like, I just can't know. I can't know that they knew that. But I will grant you, I do think that their their reanalysis well, you don't have of the data. Clint, what, if you're a money manager, I'm not going to argue with you on money management, okay? Sure. If I'm Michael Jordan, it would be like a high school student telling Michael Jordan how to shoot a basketball, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not doubting, I'm not doubting you know, your what opinion I'm on it. What I'm trying to say is, it's not even believing me. Every, the, the process that they're doing was a complete scam. Third example, he claims he's for excellency and meritocracy. Well, you had fucking nepotism in your own fucking company, your mama and your brother, and they're the ones who did the analysis that you used. Yeah. But is... what I find amazing is when I, every word that comes out of my mouth, I see a fucking scam artist. And the reason anyone is following him because they're fucking desperate for real change. Yep. And so anyone who mouths words, they don't bother looking at what they actually did. You go back to COVID, this guy was promoting vax mandates, promoting mask mandates, and had also started a company to track all of us. Yeah. Data brand, okay? Yeah, I know. So you add all of this up, and what picture emerges is fucking scumbag. There's no nothing else. And if people don't people should use the most vehement words to expose these people because they hate America. They hate the American people. They really fucking do. I didn't see him in 2020 when we exposed the backdoor portal to Twitter. Where was this fucking guy? Right. Where were all of these people? So now you come out because you're part of that swarm. Overnight, you can make a call to somebody at the New York Times who writes articles about you every once a week. That doesn't right. happen mysteriously. Yeah, no, they all have PR reps that are, that are- Yeah, so I think people really need to understand how tightly wound these people are and the level of 
things they can get done overnight versus us who have to build stuff step by step by step. Right. Okay. They don't have to do that. They, they cheat. They're actually fucking cheaters. Everything they have earned is not by hard work, but by cheating. And I want to end this with this fool is that these people are made, they make other people, the, the, the coterie around them or their cabal actually think, wow, he's a scam artist. He's good. That's good. Oh, you scammed 5 million. You made that money. Wow. You're smart. They value people who scam and they think the rest of us who actually work hard are fucking dummies. And that, that's what I mean. They hate us. I see. Yeah. No, they I can see that angle. For people who actually wake up in the morning, actually follow the rules. They actually we, think we're dumb, Clint. I, they, no, I agree. I agree. I, that I think I think most of our the ruling class think that we are idiots and that we ought to be ruled with an iron fist because they are superior to us. And that's that's why the whole World Economic Forum you know, climate change agenda uh, talks down to people so much, but it also propagandizes the youth to think that they're they're participating in it in a way that that is uh, somehow, uh, I don't know, uplifting. But I, I wanted to ask you yeah, because yeah. So, and, and remember this whole his fighting against the WEF. Right. Suddenly it's all bullshit. It's like trying to make him look anti-establishment. You have to really look, have these people been fighting? Do they have a history of fighting injustice or have they profited from injustice their whole lives? Mm. Mm-hmm. This guy has. Well, that, that's that is a very important question. Have you have you challenged him to a debate? And would you be willing? I'll tell him to fucking get in a ring with me. <laughs> Beat the, he needs to have the, He needs to have be taught a lesson. <laughs> there is some personal well, animus here. Like debate. The issue is, you know, it's really fucked up. These people are fucked up, man. They're evil. They're oh, evil. I agree. I agree. I here here's my, my Why don't you why don't you challenge him? Why don't I challenge him to a debate? Yeah, why don't you why don't you why don't we call him up right now? I'm I'm saying call well, him up and say Dr. Number, Shiva but... wants to fucking expose your bullshit. Are you open to it? <laughs> I'll D, I'll DM him. And 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 say he thinks you're a fucking scumbag. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to propose the debate in that fashion, but uh I do I do love the passion, man. I'll uh all right, so I wanted to transition into talking about the economy. We just hit $33 trillion. Hey, by the way, it's not passion. I have a real hatred towards these people. Oh, I can tell. Beyond passion. They're scumbags. Yeah. They yeah. hate this country. They hate everything about this country. They think they're smart, and they have not been disciplined properly. They need a fucking disciplining. <laughs> well, speaking of discipline, uh, the United States government lacks it entirely. Uh, this is the ruling class that you're describing, and this is part of the reason I hate them as well. Uh, is that they are, uh, you know, not just mortgaging our future, but really bankrupting us. And, you know, 33 trillion in debt took us 205 years to accrue the first 1 trillion for the national debt. And it took us 90 days to accrue the most recent recent 1 trillion. 205 years, now 90 days. That's, that's, ladies and gentlemen, extraordinarily unsustainable. I'm curious, what would your plan be to address this? Well, let's go to the root of the evil, okay? It's a good transition because the same individual who raises five million bucks from people does a scam, useless drug, is the same mentality, okay? Mm. And look, the elites have thrived on economic equality and it's really their weapon of imperialism. Let me repeat that again. The elites thrive on economic inequality and it's really their weapon of imperialism. What do I mean by that? Um, 
the U.S. reserve currency, which is a fact that everyone has to use the dollar, right? Sure. Um, as a currency of choice to buy, you know, goods like oil and this kind of things, right? The only reason that's sustainable, the only reason is because of the might of the U.S. military. Okay? Yeah. So the dollar is not backed by an economy. It's backed by a fucking set of nuclear weapons and massive amount of weaponry. That's what the right. dollar is actually backed by. Okay? You might as well put a bunch of missiles on the back of the dollar, right? Um, so we it's need not, that. It's not the full faith and credit of the United States government. It's the full faith and might of the United States military. Right. Um, or the hope of the full faith of the U.S. military, right? The, sure. the fear of the U.S. military. But that's where it comes from. And that, you know, really occurred, you know, post Bretton Woods, right? In the 1940s after World War II. And then we went off the gold standard um, under the Nixon administration, became the petrodollar, right? But yeah. now it's just backed by pure military might. That's what it, that's all it is. That's, uh, that's what it exists on. So we need to understand that. And the printing of money, um, people like Stephanie uh, Caton, whatever her name is from uh, uh, the Wharton School, right? She basically now- Shelton, I believe. Yeah, Shelton. She basically says, we should print money. It's okay. Print, yep. It's called modern monetary theory. And so she says, you don't have, you know, a uh, the government's kitty is not like your household kitty. You don't have to balance anything. Right. Because the more you put into the economy, that's a good thing, okay? So that's this thing called modern monetary theory with the caveat that you have to control inflation, all right? All right, so that's where we're living in the world of modern modern monetary theory. After 2008, it occurred with Obama printing, Obama printed $8.1 trillion in two years. Trump printed $8 trillion in one term, okay? So the elites know that they can use the, the concept of the US military being the world's policemen to print whatever money they want. Now, that comes at a cost to creating massive economic inequality in the United States. The United States, if you look at the Gini score, has the highest income inequality. Um, but, and everyone knows during the pandemic, 600 billionaires increased their wealth by $2.3 trillion. Elon Musk was frankly not worth that much. The pandemic is where his wealth increased to 200 billion. And people need to recognize that. So income inequality since 1970 to today has explosively grown. Between 1900 to 1970, the, as the GDP grew, everyone's wages grew. Mm -hmm. Every income quartile grew. It's very important to understand. And the reason the wages grew is a very important piece of knowledge that most is not taught in history class anymore. It was because there were mass movements, bottoms up movements, there were close to 200 million people striking in this country in over 11,000 strikes, which means the labor movement, the true labor movement, the true proletariat movement, not the lumpen proletariat movement, people who don't work but call themselves workers like Bernie Sanders. I'm talking right. about the hardworking American worker who came back from World War II, okay? The people who built this country wouldn't take shit. You're gonna fuck us up, we're gonna strike, okay? Before the unions were taken over by the Kennedys and the Hoffas and the Bernie Sanders, right, from the left. We're talking about true, the fist of the American working class. And that fist of the American working class put the fear of God into the elites. And so they knew they should not fuck around. And those movements 
explosively grew. And those movements are why you have roads today and highways and water systems. And we eliminated child labor. And during the period of 1900, 1970, as those movements grew, everyone's wages grew. But starting the 1950s, ending the 1970s, and I've said this over and over again, what happened was the right wing branded all these movements as communists, capital C communists coming from Russia. And the left wing took over these unions top down. So by the end of 1970, what you ended up having, ha having was the unions were destroyed, no more unions. And something else interesting happened that there were no more strikes anymore. Mm. So if you go between 1970 to today, you look at the numbers, there's been maybe 2 million people who have really bit, built strikes and maybe 900 strikes. So a factor of, you know, a hundred difference from what was, what occurred before. Yeah. 200 million people striking versus 2 million people striking, you say? And what happened between 1970 to today is massive income inequality. So the first and second income quartiles, their wages have actually gone down. And while the third and fourth income quartiles have gone up. So there's actually two American pies. Yes, the GDP has grown, but it's grown for the second, the third and fourth, but it's actually shrunk for the first and second. The shrinking was calculated by the Rand Corporation a report to be about $47 trillion. Okay, so $47 trillion in wealth got transferred from the first and second in income quartile to the Elon Musk's and Jeff Bezos of the world. Mm -hmm. That's what's taken place. And that occurred during this period of quantitative easing, printing money, uh, pandemics, right? MIT. All the crises that the elites created to manipulate the stock market because the elites know how to drive the stock market down. The poor person sells low. The rich person, you know, buys high and every time they bring it down, they know how to put money in and they do the V curve and, and these guys buy low and people, and they know when to sell high because they're all insiders, right? Yeah. All of these people know this. And if you look at when Trump did the V curve, right, it went down and he brought it back up. Jared Kushner got a $2 billion loan from the Saudis, right? All that money went into this hyperinflated stock market. Mm -hmm. So... The elites have this down to a game and you and I have no fucking chance of competing in it because they have their MIT PhDs who come out of, you know, the computational group I used to work in, groups like that, and, and, and other people. They know how to do this manipulation all day fucking long. So you basically can never compete with this. Don't even try. You won't be able to because by the time they're doing one thing, they're making money off something else, right? They're taking $5 million and buying a useless drug and flipping it with mama writing, this kind of, they, they do this all day long and they all think, Clint, they're so smart at doing this. Right. So quantitative easing is all based on US imperialism. It demands that the rest of the world bow down to the United States military might. And ever so often, the US military has to go do an action to put the fear of God into their other thugs, right? Yep. To say, we're the big thug, we get to print money and we'll be the reserve currency. So that's a game that's going on, you know? And even yeah, well, that, that's why Gaddafi, I, I think, was taken out. I think that's why Assad was almost taken out. I think that's probably why Putin is on the uh, on the hit. Right. List but, too. but let's let's be clear. All of these guys are not good guys. <laughs> they're not good guys. They're all thugs. Yeah. So you have a big godfather 
and you have a bunch of other guys trying to be Godfather. Bricks was actually created exactly. by uh, Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan, right? Yep. So um, what they're looking at is they're looking at a neighborhood. Okay, the U.S. is a neighborhood, um, and and they like if you look at it, even in a s s micro scale, they like sending in drugs into a neighborhood. They like sending alcohol into a neighborhood. You depress the housing prices, and then the developers come in and buy it on a song. Now you can take it to a global level. That's what's happened okay. in the United States, right? So you want to drive the U.S. prices down, and then then you're going to move it to these emerging markets where you know you're going to get you know 200, 300x return, and that's what BRICS is going to be, right? So in in my Makes view, sense. the next three years are going to be interesting because I think you're going to see you know, potentially some massive crashes, right? To do one more round of quantitative easing, they'll drive things down, bring things back up again. And then after 2024, you know, a lot of some very interesting data shows there's gonna be a major crash, but it may go down. They'll do one more squeezing of the udder, right? To get more milk out of the cow, right? And then after that, they're just gonna move a lot of money to bricks and other, this is my thesis, okay? I could be wrong, but- no, I think I think it's a fair, a fair yeah. read. Right. So, so, but the bottom line is for those of us who work for a living, actually do research and actually do create intellectual property, not do scams, not do financial engineering, we need to recognize that these people are not one of us. And the only way out of this is, is to go back to history, which is we need to build a bottoms up movement because we need to empower everyone who wants to listen to think, fight, and heal. And why do I say that? Because Clint, you may have seen my graph I keep sharing right on this flyer, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that flyer shows the fact that the US life expectancy is going like this. Since a lot, and I'm the only one talking about it. This fool, Russell Brand started talking about it only recently. He never even talked about life expectancy with Booby fucking Kennedy, because they literally watch everything we do. And they know we're the true revolutionaries. They're the not so obvious establishment. So they plagiarize our stuff to keep people's mind share. But mm -hmm. that life expectancy curve is quite extraordinary. And it's not because of COVID. The life expectancy of the United States started going in this direction starting in the 1970s and 80s when you had the consolidation of many things, big pharma, uh, the research institutions, big hospitals, right? So we live in an extraordinary time right now where it is not any one issue that is, the fact is if you have a child, your child will have a lower life expectancy than you. That should what should sink in. Yeah. We're supposed well, to be expanding our life. The elites will live long, but the rest of us, life expectancy is going down and down and down. Well, why we're, is we're, the useless, we're the useless eaters. Why, why should they care about us, you know? Right. And it's not any one issue. It's income inequality, which creates massive stress in people. People don't have close relationships. Um, you know, community and relationships are the number one reason people live long. Number one reason, you know? The third issue is that you have the entire healthcare system it's not about healthcare. People can't even have a relationship with their doctors anymore. You know, um, so many inter intermediaries have come in yep. and you can go on and on and on those the genetic engineered foods, the poisons, but it's not any one thing. And when you put it all together, you'll see that Republicans and Democrats left and right have all participated in the destruction of the American life expectancy. Couldn't agree and, more. And, and, and our economy for that matter. And all of, yeah, so all of them. Anyone who's a noteworthy celebrity, noteworthy politician, noteworthy academic, they're all scumbags. All of them have been part of this. They've all profited from this. Yep. So the issue is who should we believe? Well, we should start believing ourselves. We should start believing 
leaders who actually truly come from below mm -hmm. and who have skills. If you look at the Chinese Communist Party, you know, one thing interesting with China is there is some meritocracy in the Communist Party. They're all engineers. They're scientists. They're not, they have to, you know, who, who they are. And they have like a hundred year plan. They have a thousand year plan. They have a whole group of intellectuals who are truly dedicated to the country, you see? And they have a, it's a 5,000 year old system that they follow. A lot of people don't know this. And when I was in Asia recently, I learned about it. So they have a set of people who are true advisors to the premiers. And those guys can go into topics and research stuff, do whatever they want. But, the, and they are, they're chosen to be people who don't care about money. Those people are accomplished in a field and have already achieved something. So they have this elite group of thoughtful, quote unquote, enlightened people who advise these guys. Now we don't have that anymore. Academics are bought and paid for, right? We saw, talk about the Alzheimer useless drug this fool Vivek promoted. For 16 years, a professor at University of Minnesota wrote a paper on Alzheimer's. Completely fraudulent paper. Came yeah. out a year ago, right? Yeah. He photoshopped the Western blot images. It's unbelievable. So, and $3.7 billion went from the NIH, right, into that research. And every fucking professor at MIT and Harvard sucked this guy's cock promoting his research, cited all his papers because they all made money on it. Yeah. None of those guys are in fucking jail, Clint. I know. I know. It's fucking right. it's awful. It's evil. So, but many people don't even know the level. Again, it's the same cabal. Okay? Yeah. It's but a, but here, here's here's an important question for you. Uh, I agree with your analysis, honestly, I do. Um, but what I'm not hearing is, what is the fix? I mean, it, like you're talking, you were talking about unions, talking about coming off the gold standard. Where, where do you take it? So here, here, here are the solution. Okay. Number one, we have to have a clear vision of what is it we want. Right. Then you have to have a framework, a scientific framework for achieving that vision. And then the third thing people need is an engineering, the actual work that needs to be done on the ground, like the physical work, like what, what are you supposed to do, okay? So by way of analogy, there was a vision, wow, could we fly like birds? That's a vision, okay? That vision was realized in two ways. One was you have to have the science. You have to actually understand the physics of flight. And that occurred when Bernoulli figured out Bernoulli's principle, how you could create a wing structure that could, put pressure, you know, the wing structure had to be architected, right? So you could have lift. Without that scientific framework, you're never going to achieve your vision. But right. that wasn't sufficient. Now you have to have people who take that scientific set of principles, have that vision, actually have to build that wing, have to put in the effort to get it right, the hard work. Okay. Now, if we want to create a society, first of all, what do we want? Okay. Do we want scumbags like Vivek and Trump and Booby fucking... Kennedy, who bullshit us, who openly tell us personal integrity and public integrity are two different things. I will fuck you in, in the personal life, and but trust me who I am, because I just got some testosterone therapy shots, and you know, and forget the fact that they're going to have a hundred thousand times more chance of getting blood clots, and I'm saying I'm, I'm against blood clots and da da da. Forget all that, right? Forget the fact that, you know, I, you know, probably killed my wife, okay? <laughs> I didn't die, oh okay? <laughs> Holy shit, dude. All right. That's who he is. He's a fucking scumbag. And then I had the best PR agency pray over my wife's. They caught a great picture praying over my hanged wife's coffin. And the next day, I did it for the photo op. It's a true story. 
Then he dug up the grave and buried it because he hated her so much in an unmarked grave. All that's right. A, that's a wild story. I've heard, I have heard it. Go, it's right up on Maureen Callahan, and she challenged him to a debate to refute anything she said in there, okay? So the question is, do we want these kind of people? And do we want their vision? Their vision is power, profit, control. Their vision is, I'm a fucking bullshitter, and I'm going to bullshit you so much that you're so fucking desperate you're going to vote for me because you think I'm smart because I know how to bullshit you, all right? So first things, what's the vision of a leader? What's the vision of the philosophy that we want? Well, I have a very clear vision, truth, freedom, health. Truth, freedom, health. And those three concepts come out of engineering systems theory. Freedom, the ability to move information and matter freely. That's a concept called transport. Truth, the ability to take ideas, apply a very hard process called the scientific method, where it doesn't matter where fucking family you're born in, it doesn't matter how good looking you are, it has to, if, if your hypothesis doesn't match the results, get the fuck out, okay? That's called the process of taking wild ideas and finding out what the truth is. It's a conversion process. Conversion, which is a process that occurs in engineering and science. And then you have to have the right infrastructure to make all of this occur. Well, without our physical health, economic health, we can't achieve freedom. We cannot fight for real science, okay? None of that. Well, in the world of science, that was called storage and infrastructure. So our vision is built like the founders had, a philosophical idea of inalienable rights, decentralization, you see? So I'm giving the world a very clear vision, truth, freedom, health, and I'm giving a framework. Now, what is the science to achieve that? That's the science of systems. You see, most of the political frameworks are built on philosophical ideas, classical liberalism, right? Anarcho-syndicalism, Marxism, Leninism, right? These are ideas that are not founded in any scientific or engineering reality. But I have discovered through my work over the last 50 years, scientific principles that you can apply to every system in the universe. And I can educate anyone on this. And that is called foundations of systems. So now, just like Bernoulli, not only have I given a vision as a visionary, but I've also given the science as a scientist. Who else is doing that, Clint? Now, third, how do we take what Dr. Shiva is saying, the scientific principles, and embody? Well, number one, you got you, you know, we've created a program called Truth Freedom Health. And within three to four hours, we can educate anyone so they don't have to go to 30 years of engineering school on these principles. And then we can educate people how to use these principles to think beyond left and right, so they can see with such clarity that, and they can articulate with such clarity why Vivek is a snake, why Booby is a fucking Booby Kennedy, why Trump is full of shit. Because once you understand these principles, there's no fucking going back. You will not be fooled again. And you can use these same principles to understand how your body is a system. You can become your own doctor. You can understand everything in the universe from a systems-based principles approach. And then you, and that compels you to realize this system called social media is completely owned and operated by the government now, which is what my lawsuit first exposed. Right. Long before Twitter files, the lawsuit that fucker Carlson actually concealed. And that compels you to go offline, go at six in the morning and hand out a flyer to one of your fellow human beings. And this flyer educates them on the lifespan going down. It educates them on who the swarm is and it gives them a solution and it invites them to come to an open town, town hall that we do every Thursdays, okay? 
compels them to say, wow, I, I am the solution. There's no one else coming to save me. Stop asking, what do I think about Vivek the Snake? Ask, what do I think about Clint Russell? Hmm. What is Clint going to do for me? You go on our social media. What is Maria Canister doing? She's handing out a flyer. She's meeting with hundreds of people every day. What is Heather Burden doing in Ohio? What is Kinara Lundberg doing in Norway? We now have a movement of close to a half a million people globally of all different backgrounds who are understanding the science, very clear vision, and they know the engineering. That's called a freaking movement. And yeah. so we're not whining. We're not, we're not giving people the lesser of two evils. You know, as this flyer says, the reason we're in this condition is because there's a lesser of two evils. Right. So we're saying, raise your fucking standard. Are you going to get or be satisfied with a fucking used car salesman, Vivek the Snake? Be satisfied with a guy who tells you to your face, Booby Kennedy, my personal integrity and my public integrity are different. I may mm -hmm. lie to you through your teeth and I may do something in the back end. Okay. And if that's the quality of people you want, then you are going to get that kind of world. You will get people who fucking print money all day. You will get people who do economic inequality all day to you. But if you want fundamental change, it becomes with your consciousness. Do you want to raise your consciousness? And do you want to understand it? Now, the great news is, Clint, we've created that framework. And, and it took me 50 years to get here, you know? It's intersecting engineering systems theory. It's inter intersecting ancient systems of knowledge. It's intersecting the fact that I actually come from these people and I fucking care. That I want to shatter the swarm, as we call it. They're not interested in shattering the swarm. They want to perpetuate it. And they will even perpetuate to the extent acting like they're against the swarm, you know, against the establishment. But right. that's why you have to put on a very, very, uh, you know, dispassionate approach to these people. You have to apply the principles. And that's what we do. So but that just needs to be done, man. So, so the solutions that emerge out of that, let's take healthcare. What is the solution to healthcare? When you take a systems approach, and by the way, every Thursday's, we, we take all of these different areas and we actually give people a solution, Clint, here and now. Now, if I get elected president, what will I do, Clint? I'll do one of these talks, but we'll reach 8 billion people. Mm -hmm. Presidency's corrupt, right? The legislature is corrupt. The judiciary is corrupt. So what can one person do with my kind of knowledge? Well, I can use that bully pulpit of the presidency to educate 8 billion people. And that's what we did in 2020. We educated half a billion people on how to boost their immune system. We save millions of people's lives. So if you go to the physics, here's the healthcare system that we need. You as an individual understand how your body works. You as an individual know how to boost your immune system because the immune system, and the aging molecular pathways are one and the same. Autophagy, oxidative stress, inflammation, okay, the ATG genes. You take care of your immune system, you will live long and prosper, okay? So we are educating people at our town halls how to do that. Fuck you to government. We don't need them. They're not going to do shit for you anyway. If anything, they're going to destroy your health. Preach. So we're saying start taking care of your health. When it comes to the environment, we actually teach people that one of the most important things you can do in a decentralized way is support your local farmer. Do things that so if he's, you know, has a chicken farm, he doesn't have to send his shit all the way to a USDA farm where they jack up the prices to butcher, right? You educate people locally, okay, how to eat. What politician is teaching that, Clint? I am. Yeah. It's, All right. It's vitally necessary. Too. Right. So healthcare system, environment. So people come to our town halls. They learn this now. So our campaign is not saying, well, elect me president like Trump did. Then I'll get rid of the vaccine mandates. 
No, our campaign has been getting rid of the vaccine mandates. It was my militant protest movement in New Jersey, which stopped the vaccine mandate in New Jersey. Okay. We were fighting against lockdowns while Kennedy was promoting lockdowns. So we- Are you an abolitionist? I mean, like, I'm just curious, like what, what level of government government would you like to maintain, if any? Well, well, first of all, the question you're asking is based on people who never had access to system science. So I've created something completely new, Clint. Here's a problem. The libertarian philosophy comes from anarcho-syndicalism, okay? At the time, libertarianism, it sounds good, but it doesn't have the framework on how you execute it, okay? System science gives the way that you can achieve libertarianism, okay? Or the principles, some of the core principles. The science of systems, the foundational principles, really didn't come out until the 1950s or the 1920s. So what I'm saying is, think about what I'm saying is, people say they want to fly, they want to build an engine, but you don't even have the science to do that. It's all, it's all good feelings. And what I'm saying is in a, without hyperbole, I've actually uncovered those scientific principles. And well, I'm just trying to connect the dots between, you know, like what, like what is the ultimate end product of this scientific process? Yeah, so so the end product, so that consider this, the end product of any time anything has changed in the arc of human history is when a, enough group of individuals raise their consciousness. When a set of people said, oh, we have inalienable rights. We deserve the Bill of Rights. It wasn't like 100 million people got that, Clint. It was a very small set of people. And, and when they, but the, the uncovering of that knowledge, the raising of consciousness was as powerful as having 20 nuclear physicists who could split an atom. Do you need a billion nuclear physicists? No, you have 20 people, you can fucking blow up the world. See what I'm saying? Sure. So when enough people's consciousness in 1776 was raised, it wasn't a lot of people, that they understood these principles, the engineering and the science, you can change things. That is what we're creating here, okay? So we have about a half a billion people who know about our movement globally. Half a million people have gone through it in varying forms and we've let it naturally take place. We didn't even impose a superstructure. And it's only now we're finding through meritocracy, we're finding leaders in every country. Those leaders then are training others on the knowledge of system science. But it's not just something that's a scholarly piece, but they're all warriors. They get on the ground to apply this. They're the ones who are fighting against the election systems issues. In 2020, 2021, we trained probably four or 5,000 people on how to go to their town halls, get the participating voter list, compare them and sue people, you see? So the knowledge is also very tactical, okay? We're the ones who are educating people every day. I mean, this call, notice how many times I have had to use the word fucking scumbag, okay? Against Kennedy, this is deliberate because people need to recognize these people are not your friends. And we call them a disturbance in systems theory. There are nine principles. One of them is called a disturbance. And by the way, Henry Kissinger knows system science. George Soros is a leader in it. He wrote the book on reflexivity theory. The elites know system science. There's no fucking way we're going to beat them if we don't understand these principles. So like- well, I'll, 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 I'll dive into the to the system science aspect of it because uh, obviously I need to do some additional research. I'm yeah. totally, totally unaware, but I would, I would like to understand, you know, aside from kind of euphemisms for founding fathers, like what is, what is your vision of the end product for the American- is, so, is there a government still, or is this well, just, well, we're so, raising our consciousness no, no, and where so, do we end up? Well, let's start with not being abstract, okay? One individual understanding these concepts becomes 
a very powerful weapon. And let me give you my, me as an example. Why is it in March of 2020, Clint, I was the first one to call out Fauci? Because I understood the immune system. I understood he was a scumbag. Go look at the tweet history. I was the one who ran the Fire Fauci campaign. We're the ones who mobilized people. Why, why, why was I the only one to do that? Second, I was the only guy to go deep down to understand the election systems issue, that it was chain of custody and signature verification. All these other fools came around making money off of us, talking wacky shit. Then you go look at the censorship system. Now, these are quite extraordinary things. I mean, in 2020, 2020, I probably got two to three hours sleep, man, but we did the work. Why was I able to do that? In a very material way, we exploded this out there because of the knowledge of systems, all right? Think about what I'm saying. And we educated many, many, many people. That came from here, not from Trump, not from Mike Lindell, not from fucking Booby Kennedy, here. And it came from the core of understanding system science. Now imagine 100,000 people in the world understanding this. 100,000 people. Now, it would be fascism, and this is what's happened with previous revolutionary movements, people imposing, oh, I have this vision that the world is gonna be like this. So this is sort of what may seem like the contradiction. My job is to make sure that as a catalyst, Clint Russell can go through this and get it. You see, understand these. Now, how Clint decides to use that knowledge, you may use it in a way that I haven't even thought about, Clint. Okay? Uh, so it's a, frame, it's a framework, not a, not a destination. It's a framework. And it's not the ends justify the means. What's happened with many political movements is people have always felt the end should justify the means, right? And when the ends justify the means, what do you get? You get fascism. So movements start good and they end up. Our goal is to raise consciousness of people understanding these concepts. Because when people understand these concepts, you can't fool them anymore, man. When people understood the concept, of, oh, I have the right to the freedom of speech and the Second Amendment, it's hard to take that away now, you say? Or the concept mm -hmm. of inalienable rights. I'm saying history, science, engineering has moved forward in the last 300 years. The elites know this, but the other 99.9% .9 of people until I brought it to the world do not understand there's a completely different framework for achieving the goals we want. And that framework can be used for power, profit, control, or you can use it for truth, freedom, health. But you must get educated in this. Otherwise, you're running around with twigs and stones, and they have a nuclear weapon. And this is why 0.0001% of people are controlling 8 billion people. They know the knowledge of systems. The modern world is a world of systems. Interesting. The reason MIT was on the map was because they were the first guys to put the concept of system science on the map. People don't know this. This is why 33,000 businesses came out of MIT, which generate now $2 trillion to the economy. So that's sort of the core issue here, right? So we have now people all over the world, man, who are getting educated. And those people are not just nerds. They're not just sitting there talking philosophical euphemisms. They're actually fucking on the ground fighting, okay? They're exposing people and they have practical solutions. So on every one of these issues, healthcare, environment, education, governance, innovation and economy, the people come to our movement are actually learning actual skills so they can take care of their lives, economically, leaders, all these things. So how they use, decide to use that, Clint, it's, it's wrong for me to predict. If I taught you civil engineering today, you may build a bridge, you may build a house, you may build shit I haven't even thought about, but you've right. learned civil engineering. 
if you learn uh, how a jet that's, propulsion that's basically that's basically the libertarian worldview is that it once you free people you don't know what they're going to do with that freedom and and that's not that's not really our concern we're just that, trying to keep the government suppressed so that they can well, we can actually allow the economy to blossom what we're doing is in, again um libertarianisms need to go through this training because one of the important concepts that came out only in 1957 by the work of Ilya Progroni was the concept of a self-organizing system. Mm -hmm. A self-organizing system is something that emerges out of the interconnections of the individual parts of the system changing phase. Okay. So Clint learns this. I learned this. Now the entire system is going to change, you see? And that's called it's called a revolution. It's called a phase transition. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you watch the S curve, it goes like this. You get enough people doing it, it goes into a different mode. So in many ways, I'm trying to engineer with this knowledge, the ability to phase shift from this system of power, profit, control to a system of truth, freedom, health. How that manifests itself, I'm not gonna do the Leninist model of top down, okay? Doing that because then you end up with what occurred in Russia, right? Initially, it was a bottoms up movement. Lenin wanted to accelerate that movement through the concept of a vanguard party. The problem was they were successful, but it ended up in the situation you had Stalin come, you see? But if you, if the goal is I got 300 million people in the United States and I want to have about 10,000 people in the United States who get these concepts, it's fucking over, man. Imagine 10,000 people like me doing podcasts, exposing Vivek and Kennedy unabashedly every day. People are fucking done, man. They're done. Not, yeah. not pussyfooting around exposing people but they're coming from the knowledge of systems uh, just real quick is there is it is it possible to prove system science hypotheses given that it is so grand and you can't really have oh, another yeah. experiment you're, you're, to run no, against no, no. it system science is used in your thermostat right now everything we have in the modern world today comes from engineering systems principles but, well no of course but i'm saying can it can it be applied to civilization on that scale with it is people, being applied. It is with people making applied. their own autonomous decision making. It just seems it seems but, but Clint, it, it is, seems it almost is. like mystical. It isn't mystical. Okay? It's engineering system science. You learn it in engineering school. Your thermostat is system science. Did you know that? Oh, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm yeah. saying, but when you when you apply that to humanity with seven billion, eight billion people that are all uh, functioning autonomous people that are thinking you, and Clint, doing their they, own things. They, they are applying it to us right now. I, oh, I, I know that they, I know that they, the central planners are, I'm saying is, are they correct that are they correct in their assessment? I, it, obviously it seems that you believe no, they are, obviously, they're is, using it in the wrong way, but. No, so, so think about if you learn Bernoulli's principle, okay. You could build one airplane or you could create the transportation industry. You could build an airplane just for yourself and just for your friends. Okay. So it's infinitely right? scalable. Of course. Okay. And the knowledge of systems permeates everything. Look, you could use a science, not you could, we teach people, you could use the science of systems to go beyond all these diets. You notice every three to five years, some moron is, oh, now eat keto, now do carnivore, now do vegan, now da da. The problem is when you take a systems approach, you understand there are principles that operate your body, the same principles that operate this Mac mini server, the same principles that operate the thermostat. All of them are the same principles. Think about what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a science of everything that any human citizen can learn. Jay Forrester was one of the uh, professors at MIT, was one of the leaders in this. He wanted to make sure he was taught at the kindergarten level. You mm -hmm. learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. Why aren't you learning system science? George Soros knows it. Henry Kissinger knows it. Zbigniew Brzezinski knows it. 
and about 10,000 people on the planet knows it. That's how they're manipulating 8 billion people. Now, yeah, what I'm yeah. saying may seem like so foreign, but that's what, you know, out of the one mile radius between MIT and Harvard, why is it every world leader has always gone through that one mile radius? Knowledge is power. And the knowledge of the day is system science. If you don't have system science, you're just talking shit about good ideas and you have passion, but you're not going to achieve anything. Yeah. Because you don't have the tool set that they have. Right. right. Well, that's fascinating. I uh, go ahead and tell my audience uh, how they can they can dive deeper because I'm sure they're going to want to. You, let me play you a video. How's that? Yeah, go for it. Um, I think what I need to do, let me uh, let me share my screen. Can I share my screen with you? Yeah, you should be able to click the present button and then share screen. Just make sure that you click the share tab audio. Okay, so let me stop sharing. So I got to go to you. Um, let me go to Grant here. So I'm going to share with you a video, which was a, uh, because someone asked me, you know, uh, so let me do a video. Uh, I got to go to you, right? And I got to share. I go present. I think so, yeah. Yep, and I want to share up here so you can see me right clint uh let me see yep there we go all right and i'm going to just play this video okay so yep. this video will really give you an idea of what is truth for mental health uh, in a very practical way so let me play this for you okay here we go we have allowed our country to be taken over from within and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. You got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom, truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, 
Forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program we need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I gotta build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they wanna take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Interesting. Well, I I, uh, I will make this promise to you. I am going to do the three hour course and see see what I think of it all. Um, I think that's that's really all I can do at this point is yeah. You know, in, dive in fact, in. even you can do the course, but also every Thursdays, Clint, we have a open house. Okay. What's fascinating is, um, and it's it's Thursdays end up becoming literally a uh, sixteen hour day for me because we'll go from eleven to two because it's global, right? We, before we were doing it 8 p.m. to uh, 11, and we had all these people from Asia and Europe logging, and they would be up until three in the morning. So now we have from 11 to two, we do it for you know the part of Europe, et cetera. Uh, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern. Yes, and then we do it again um, from uh, you know we do it again from um, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, to sometimes 10 yesterday, last Thursday went to 8 p.m. to 12. Because it, and what we do is we typically take a topic. You know, so we, we first of all, people come from all over the world and we introduce people. And, and the story is, well, how did you come to our movement? Oh, I saw Dr. Shiva on this and I saw him on this. I used to be a Kennedy supporter. I used to be a Bernie Sanders supporter. I used to support Trump. I was with the Ron Paul campaign. I'm so fucking done with these guys because none of them, I saw Dr. Shiva's clarity. 
he's a real deal, that kind of stuff. Uh, sure. You know, we live in, we're in Cambridge here. You know, I used to have a sign up here, only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian we ran against Warren. So all these <laughs> yes, liberals would hate, us, would, would hate us. But a woman came last week, she said, you know, I've been watching your movement. I hated you when you attacked Elizabeth Warren, but I realized she's full of shit. I realized Kennedy's full of shit. I realized Trump, you're building a movement. I came to you, right? We're here. Sure. Another guy was a medical doctor out on the West Coast. He's like, you know, I saw the Joe Rogan and Kennedy interview and I was gonna give him a lot of money and I thought he was great. And then I saw the interview where you're exposing Rogan, what he did and exposing Kennedy, even though I didn't wanna accept it, I went through and I reviewed it. Everything you said was true. It took me about two days of cognitive dissonance. And he goes, I'm here, I'm not gonna give him one penny. So what's happening in 2023 now, in 2020 and 2021, we launched, I mean, when I did all that stuff, people would came to us opportunistically, Clint, like they were like, oh, Dr. Shiva is going to help us fight vax mandates. He's fighting for us, right? So, it's, you know, that's fine. But now we're getting people who are much different than that. They're very enlightened people and self-reflective. You see, um, they're, of the, um, they're of the position, um, you know, um, let me just, I just, it's a d different group of people because these people are coming um, from the point like they really want to change the world. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. They want to fundamentally understand why the world is so fucked up, you know? And what do we do to really change it? Because they don't want to go through another Trump or another Obama, another Kennedy. No. And these people are phenomenal people. So they're willing to put the time into, so we call it a warrior scholar program. You have to understand this. And, you know, this should if, if some, you know, this should have been done 50 years ago, but all the movements were destroyed. So we have to, we've had to go at the ground level. We've built the education environment. We've built, I mean, we have a whole online university. We have, we've created, we have our own data center here. So we don't rely on Facebook or Twitter, right? We've had to do all that work, but our goal is we get people on the ground. Sure. Educating, it's a learn, teach and serve model. Acting well, it, it, if you're if you're correct about about how how this can undermine the you know the ruling class at this point, uh, then you're going to have to do it all grassroots, and you're going to have to do it on your own data server. There's no other way, else. man. Yeah. So you nailed it. So to think that we're going to destroy the swarm by working with the swarm, yeah, are you fucking serious? So why am I running for president? You know, first thing we want everyone to go get these bumper stickers. Why? Because it gives people an opportunity. We're working hard to peel off these bumper stickers and put it on the back windshield of their car. So one person uses their car to reach 100,000 people now, 100,000 views per day. The other thing is people are a little more adventurous. They can go to the website, shiva4president.com, and they download this very powerful weapon. It's a flyer. And this flyer, Clint, gives people the ability to print it on their home printer, go use your library's printer, you're paying your property taxes, and hand it out to your neighbors. Keep it in your glove compartment. You know, we're going to get about 50 million of these out by the end of 2024. All right. This is saying, I'm going to go offline. I'm not going to rely on fucking Elon Musk to fucking help me because he's already part of the swarm. I'm not going to re rely on fucker Carlson or being entertained by, you know, fucking Alex Jones or something. You know, <laughs> these guys are entertainers. They don't want to build a movement. All right? right. And then if people want to donate money, we say, great. But if you donate money, when you donate money to us, I give you back stuff, you know? Mm. I give you tools, I give you knowledge, we give you education because we want you to ultimately be the hero. So if you go sure. to Twitter feed, we are, people are handing out flyers, they're our heroes, okay? So I'm a catalyst in this. So my running for president is quite disruptive. 
you know, uh, this guy called Reince Priebus, who was the chief of staff for Trump, uh, apparently guy that I know, he has him on his board of his company, said, hey, Dr. Shiva's running for president. He goes, fuck, that's going to be majorly disruptive. So if you see now what they're doing, I mean, I will say, look, the tip of the spear of this movement is our running for office. And it's about you. Kennedy literally copied that and puts, puts that in a video. Russell Brand is now talking about life expectancy. And this guy's a total douchebag. Which came first, him, his becoming anti-establishment or his, you know, allegedly raping these women? I would presume, you know, the latter, okay? And you have to wonder, did he know this shit was gonna happen to him? You know, like whistleblowers in some companies, they're real sincere whistleblowers. The guy knows he's gonna be fired, so he suddenly starts whistleblowing on shit, right? Mm -hmm. I put him in the, that category, okay? All of these people who are of the elites claiming they're anti-establishment, it's become like the in vogue thing to do now. Where were they in 2020? Russell Brand was promoting lockdowns in 2020. Oh, interesting. Booby Kennedy was promoting lockdowns in 2020. <clears throat> you go look at that. They're all up there. Trump, Trump Pavik. So yeah. I was the only Biden. guy promoting lockdowns. We collected 120,000 signatures, drove our bus down, and we handled those 120,000 signatures, you know, to Trump. Marlon, I wrote the letter saying fire Fauci. Rand Paul waited a year to use fire Fauci, and it was for donation emails. These guys are all scumbags. Well, ju just to just to you know stake a little claim in my legitimacy, I started Liberty Lockdown in May first of twenty twenty. So uh, I I was right there alongside you. I I completely agree with you. We need people that are going to actually take action and and be the heroes of this at the of right their own time. Story. Yeah, well, well exactly. The truth at when the it right matters, time. not two years later, acting all upset like fucker Carlson when right. you had all the documents we gave you about the backdoor portal. He's part yeah. of the intelligence network. We yeah, have to understand we're being sold out and the only person that deserves to be president is me right now is running because I've done the work and I have a history without, you know, any type of exaggeration. You put my CV of fighting for people next to any of these guys, it won't match. It's unmatchable. What you will find is a history of bullshitting people. <laughs> well, on, on that, we agree. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?